Welcome back to Scrubs in the Trenches! Me, 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 Thank you. Uh, I wasn't expecting to have profes- Professor Spinachball on the show today, but uh, he's part of my research department. But thank you, Professor Spinachball. Uh, but anyway, let me get back to uh, the show today. This is Scrubs in the Trenches, where I... I've been interviewing just other people in the healthcare industry, you know, us scrubs wearing scrubs. But uh, the guest I have today, I think he's trading in his scrubs for a sales suit or something. I don't know. Just, so Just a new pair of scrubs, that's all. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Well, uh, let me introduce my uh, good buddy, Byron. Uh, we used to work together in the cath lab. And uh, introduce yourself, Byron. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're up oh. to and what you uh, what have you done in the past. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Byron. We've uh, known each other for, what, 10 years, right? Yeah. I put in almost 10 years at the hospital. Um, You know, I met him when he was a baby scrub. Right on, right on. Right when I got out of college, I moved up here to Athens and, uh, you know, went to the cath lab. It's been my only career thus far. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm making a career switch, um, you know, next Monday, actually. So, um, oh, wow. Anyway. So I caught you right at a good, yeah, at you a caught good me at a good spot. Transition man, spot. Yep, I like absolutely. this. Absolutely. So, uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'll tell a little bit about, uh, you know, our time together in the cath lab and just kind of reflecting on uh, how healthcare is one of those few professions where it's like you can really get pissed off at somebody for trying to die. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. 2 a.m., not a good time. Yeah, there's something called STEMI call. So basically, there's this type of heart attack where it's like it's it's serious. Like, you know, it's. It's no fun, but if it happens as a cath lab member, and I mean, that's one of the reasons I left the cath lab was just like, I was tired of getting called. Like I started having kids and it was like, you got 30 minutes to save soul's life. You know? oh. <laughs> oh, it's going to be that kind of show. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> some of them are nice people, but usually that, you know, like you were saying before, they yeah. wait three days of chest pain and it's like at three o'clock in the morning. That's when you're like, okay, yeah. this has gotten far enough. Uh, yeah. Like I got a football game to watch, and I'm not going to the hospital till it's done. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not like our fault that you've been eating honey buns and smoking two packs of cigarettes like for 50 years, and all of a sudden I'm Marble supposed reds. To, yeah, like I'm supposed to get out of bed to bring you know bring you back to life mm. or snatch you from the jaws of death. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I mean we do it, but you know it's kind of rude on your part. Like, why don't you have your heart attack between like eight business and, hours? Yeah, eight and yeah, nine to five. <laughs> Let's do nine to five. Uh, in all seriousness, no, though, you know, I mean, some people obviously can't help that, but, you know, yeah, there, you are, know, there it, are those that are very, like, ingrateful and, like, you know. Yeah, well, and it's their, like, third trip to the cath lab, and the doctors told them, like, every time, hey, you got to stop smoking or this is going to keep happening. Like, oh, yeah. Because to me, it seems like cigarettes might be one of the biggest factors, you know, family history and oh, yeah. cigarettes are, oh, like, yeah. the Definitely. two things. Like, family history you can't avoid, but cigarettes... Oh, yeah. I mean, you can do something else. Start Try yeah. drinking, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I, just just like, you know, kind of making fun of like how we get very battle-hardened to this. When I was brand new, speaking of like coming back in, like when I was brand new, I came to the cath lab and we had some of those veteran nurses who had been around a long time and they were like real, <laughs> you know, like they'd be like, you know, the smile on a patient's face and then as soon as they leave, be like, you know, just dropping all this nastiness about them. And I was like, 
you know, brand new out of healthcare, like with a heart of gold. I'm like, oh my, yeah. <laughs> how could you be so mean? <laughs> and, and, and then after 10 years, how do you feel about oh, it? Oh man, you know. Um, it changes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> now, granted, you know, there's people that are like genuinely good people, you know, and then you have that, you know, you can, you can develop a rapport with these patients that are just kind of that you might be caring for for like four or five hours but yeah and, and i talk know. a big game but i mean i do enjoy yeah. what i do and it does yeah. it was like rewarding running in and like i oh, mean yeah. you're like yeah. literally snatching somebody oh, from yeah. the jaws of death like yeah. if, if you don't do that like there's a pretty good chance you know oh yeah especially that, like when you do cpr on somebody too and then they live like, yeah i don't know i'm Oh, I've never I'm, had I'm like, that. I'm I've like, never had that happen. Every time I get to chest compressions, they're gone. Nice. I'm like 33% survival rate, but it ain't because of me. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like, you know, but those I lay my hands on, you're like, oh, okay, yes, they made it. You That's know? right, yeah. And I mean, there's different situations like uh, my next episode, uh, or I'll be recording later today with a palliative care nurse. So like, there's definitely, and I'll go more into detail of that, but there's also the situations where... You have like a 95-year-old lady with dementia that's in the nursing home and it's like they find complete heart block or something. Like, oh, we got to throw a pacemaker. You know, no, she's not aware to herself. Do like, not do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I feel like that's a part of healthcare. One of the yeah. reasons I started this podcast is to kind of get like just some thoughts out there, education about like, hey, like, you know, there's a point when medicine should kind of, you should just throw Absolutely. in the towel and be like, hey quality over quantity but uh absolutely like I said, I, that, i'm going to touch base more on that next episode okay, but we yeah. see a lot of that in the cath lab where it's like and i don't know even if you blame the doctor or you know because but you know it's kind of weird where it's like oh just because we can let's do this and it's like we don't even have a conversation about right like like you watch peaky blinders right have you ever watched Peaky Blinders? I oh. saw like the first few okay. seasons. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I was just gonna say because there's a there's this like you know on on Instagram and you know they'll put little sound bites to there's uh-huh. a popular sound bite from Peaky Blinders. He goes, "Why? Because we can and we will." That's right. And like that's that's like doctors' mentality sometimes about doing things when even though they they might not should do yeah those, and i don't know if, if that's about yeah sense. yeah and i don't know if it's about the dollars which i was going to get into you know the name of this episode is going to be broken hearts equals dollars but right, yeah yeah <laughs> but um you know it's just there there has to be a line or you know like i said i don't know if it's the doctors i don't think they're necessarily just greedy like money money but i know that doesn't hurt the situation like oh i'm i'm gonna get paid for putting this pacemaker in right but i think some of it has to do with the training like you say and it's like because we can you know you know yeah we will we will <laughs> and there's always some excuse that they use like oh they're very spry 95 and sometimes that's true yeah, yeah i have indeed seen someone hop from one bed to the next at 95 years old i'm like holy crap somebody yeah. like a 30 year age can't even do that you know but there are some that are just all like yeah, shriveled like a, up compressed can't move got one eye open barely breathing stage three like, pressure ulcer yeah, on the bottom. Like, oh yeah uh yeah, i'm just gonna lay in bed all day yeah they got the feeding tube going it's like oh let's you know like that's and like i said my uh episode i'm recording later today that's what it's going to kind of be about is just like yeah there's a point where it's like okay quality over quantity we mm-hmm. got you know we can we can do these things i mean we can do some pretty amazing things in the cath lab and uh what are you actually going to do with your new role um are you still going to be doing sales to cath labs or are you kind of is it kind of up in the air right now no so actually i just took a role with a um it's a startup company from like Silicon Valley, so you know, in California, you know, mm-hmm. at that area, um, uh, where all the Apple and 
people yeah, are, but like, this this place, uh, this company is called Procept Biorobotics, and it's actually they it's a it's a a new technology in the treatment of BPH. So I'm going to urology, you know. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so brand new, like, you know. So you weren't joking when you said your new role will deal with a lot of penis. Like, yes, yes. Okay, uh, yeah, I thought you, yeah. you know, we like to joke. And that we do, that's right. But, no, but you're right. I mean, I won't have direct contact with the penis. But, <laughs> but I, will, I will help the penis I'll be, do better. I'll be watching the surgeon do it, and I'll be telling them how to use... Hour, yeah. Okay, so, so you'll so be yeah, like this in is, the OR mainly, like in the OR. In the OR, yeah. So just a, a quick background of, uh, and especially just of what I know thus far, but you know, um, the standard of care, the treatment of BPH for most men is called TERP, transurethral resection of the prostate. So this device uses multi planar imaging so we use a cystoscope which goes through the urethra and we also use ultrasound which goes through you know so basically the poop cat- shoot. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the ultrasound can see you know the prostate from you know below these people if are you will, asleep right that they're they're, they're okay. fully out okay yeah no one's over <laughs> I there. mean, it sounds like a good time to me but no one's <laughs> over there like solving a rubik's cube while they're having this done and <laughs> so and yeah so like in this treatment you know there's a big machine it's the robot right and then like through the cystoscope um it uses uh um a patented technology called aqua beam so it's basically a water jet and I mean, it's like a pressure washer in there. This thing obliterates. So like it. cutting diamonds with like yes, water. That yeah, kind of, exactly. That kind and of I've seen process. it in action. I mean, it's like doing three sixties, just like swooping. It's like a, it's like a lightsaber. All right, and it just like tears this thing up and it resects it in a way because it uses like um, planimetry, basically. You know, okay. and it outlines the 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 so prostate and it knows the, exactly how far and how deep to to cut it. Okay, and yeah. so you'll be working with. What exactly that they do with the prostate, that actual... Yeah, I'll be like, so, uh, you know... Uh, like a pacemaker on. rep has his little... Correct, uh, so hands-on with the machine, any, 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 um, you know, um, um, drawing blanks right now, any, like, troubleshooting and stuff, and also, like, you know, I'll be trained where, so, you know, if these, these guys don't learn this in school, because this is a new technology, right? So, like, I'll be teaching them... So I have to also go through like extensive training. So like it'll be when we're in there, like oh, I think you need to go, at, you know, a uh, further depth, or yeah. you know, position the probe this way, or you know, that kind Kinda of like thing. with a pacemaker wire. Yeah. It's like okay, you're getting this impedance or whatever. Correct. Like, yeah. Um, at this spot, yeah. maybe you should. So move. I'm, I'm a, I'll be a clinical rep for them at this juncture. But the the company is, you know, it's fairly new. It just uh, went public last year, and so you know they got stock and stuff like that. But like. Uh, apparently all the people that I've talked to, you know, it's, it's up and coming. Yes. It's like at a period of hyper growth. So they've, they've added on a whole bunch of new people. And, um, you know, so right now, um, this kind of opens a path for me. Like, Mm -hmm. do I want to continue going clinical and be like a, you know, person that knows everything there is and teach other clinicals or do I want to go the sales route? So I have like either option that I want to, once I, you know, get everything get my sea legs about me if you will you yeah know, i mean so. you were a really good uh you know cardiac cath tech so i feel like clinical just from knowing you yeah that's a yeah. good place to start and yeah it helped know. it helped that like we were teaching we still have students to this day you know so it helped me that like you know i'm I'm comfortable teaching people i'm comfortable explaining things and stuff like that and so you know yeah well i'm excited about yeah, you yeah, yeah thank you i'm sad you're leaving uh where i work with you mm. but you know i'm uh excited yeah. to see that you're moving on and you'll oh, yeah. still be close by so oh yeah yeah not not leaving anywhere you know so yeah i need at least like one good high five from you like right on every yeah. few months Chris, like, <laughs> like that <laughs> well is there 
I've got one story I want to tell from the uh, cath lab that's, uh, I don't know, just always been funny to me, and it's just kind of random. Am I in the story? I think you were, like, there with me. Okay, You can, okay, you okay. can tell, you know, right. you can correct me if I'm wrong anywhere, but I, I remember, me, uh, I so with Cath Lab, you have call, and of course, you got to cover 24-7, so holidays come up, and uh, we have, at the time, a couple different cardiologists, and one was Jewish, and one was Christian, and the, the one... <laughs> I think I remember this. The one that was Christian was on call, and I kept being like, man, why are they putting him on call? Because um, I was on call. I don't, can't remember if B was on call with me, but it was like, you know, Easter Sunday. I'm like, man, why are they putting the Christian on call? You know, like, why didn't they get Dr. Neckman? He's Jewish. He don't care nothing about no Jesus. And then, <laughs> like, right on cue, Dr. Neckman comes, and, you know, he's an old-school cardiologist, really fun, you know, guy, just... He's, you know, just to work with. I enjoyed it. And it was like, he came around the corner that it's not that I don't care about the man. I just don't believe he's Lord and Savior of my people. And That's like, right. And like, I think everybody around us just died. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, and it was just so monotone and so straight laced. And it was, I don't know, that was one of my favorite stories just because uh, it was yeah, just out I of the think, blue. I think and, it was like, wasn't it Christmas? I thought it was around Christmas time. It was, was it, it, Christmas? it was Christmas or Easter. Something it, like yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. one big Christian holiday. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, why Like, why don't they think about That's this? That's right. Why, why don't they like, put, put the, him on. He doesn't, you know, it's yeah, all good. He doesn't care about Jesus. He'll come yeah, in any time. Yeah. And there he was. I think he was in the reading room, yeah. which is like around the corner from where we were all hanging out in the front of uh you know the nurse yeah, me and b got will. loud when we yeah, started yeah <laughs> i it's i it's not that i don't respect the man he's just not the messiah yeah, i think that's what he said yeah, Something it was, like that. yeah it was you know and like like i said that's nothing profound but you know they're just one of one of the stories i always remember from the cath lab with you that just always makes me chuckle it's just like yeah and now i think he's like semi-retired he's got a sweet gig he comes oh, yeah. in like monday through thursday no Fridays, no weekends, yeah, no call anymore. But you know, when you've been doing it for thirty-five years, I know man. he was talking to me about Jeez. that the other day. How it was just like, man, it's, he's like, I ain't planning on retiring anytime soon because after being used to being like pretty much married to having to come in and save people's lives, it's kind of nice just coming in and doing my thing. And yeah, for sure. But uh, do you have a story from the cath lab that, uh, man? I got one more that I I can't mention any names on. All right, go ahead and hit this story first, and let me see if they'll oh, you were there. my memory. You were there, because this was... Uh, so we do a bunch of different... Uh, so, like, the nurse's role is to kind of mix medicines. If um, So I stay clean, but I have to get stuff to their table for, like, sterile procedures, and, like, just everything has to be sterile because we don't want to introduce any infection when we're around the heart. Um, so there's one time we have to mix a denison. Oh man, I knew this was coming. <laughs> and I mean, we use closed loop communication and I don't know if uh, this particular doctor just didn't hear me correctly or just was in the zone, you know, and these doctors, they, I mean, they'll do like eight cases a day. Like they get tired. They're human too. But, uh, I was, he wanted a denison on the table. I'm like, all right, you want me to mix it up? And he was like, no, 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 I want it straight. And I was like, I was there. I was scrubbed in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is, yeah, this was kind of an intense one. And luckily, you know, I I think I'm a pretty badass nurse, but in this case... I agree. Yeah, thank you. Like, <laughs> in this case, though, I had to, like, you know, actually do it. And that's, you know, sometimes I, I get pissed at the doctor, like, why did you screw up so I have to work harder? Oh, yeah. But uh, so sure enough, like, he got that full concentration of uh, denison, which uh, just for the layperson, it just basically stopped your heart. 
you give this medicine even through the vein. It's it's really quick acting, but it basically just like resets your pa- your. And this AV. was through the coronary artery. Yeah, this was, was like straight this. injection, right, straight in there. Like we're not even going through vein venous. Like system. no time, <laughs> like, direct to the source. Wow. <laughs> and so, and we did this to stress the heart out, and um, and I don't think we even use it anymore in the cath lab. Um, but yeah, so the doctor did it, and this lady just kind of flatlined. And I get over to the defibrillator, start pacing her, you know, you know, puts a little hair on her chest and everybody. But you know, it's like she comes back, and we're like, all right, all right, all right, we'll be fine as long as Doc doesn't do it again. Next thing I know, he's drawing up a oh, second yeah. syringe. Oh yeah, and me and B like we keep, yeah, we're like, well, well wait, we're gonna do this again. And I like, was scrubbed <laughs> in with this man, and like I, I draw up the medication. It's a full on concentration, and like we you both, said, like, because you're supposed to mix it. You you take you take the amount you put it in a bag that's got other saline, that's got saline in yeah, it just you know like it. like water with salt basically you know whatever and you mix it to dilute it and then you pull what you need especially no, no, no. if you're going to inject it straight in there he took the full con- <laughs> and i looked at him dead in his optic stems <laughs> with the syringe in my hand you know dr so-and-so this is like i don't know what was it like 60 micrograms or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah, it was or, just like straight out know. the bottle it's yeah, just straight yeah. out the bottle like he's like oh just give it to me give it to me i'm like whoa yeah all right maybe you know something i don't yeah, and well, and luckily with my nursing skills, I was prepared this first, the second time. I'm pretty much like sitting next to the defibrillator, like ready oh, with yeah. pacemaker mode, got my verset, because as it's pacing her, it's giving her a little shock every time to get this heart jumping, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, electricity. And she's like, ah, ah, you know, we get her a little sedated, but we don't like knock them completely out in the cath lab. So, you know, I got my verset, fentanyl you know ready because it's like oh well i'm about about to start shocking her again so it's like as she goes out it's like all right go back to sleep go back to sleep you'll be okay oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get you through this and you know she did fine she didn't crap herself did she because that does happen yeah it does <laughs> she was kind of a little lady so she did, i she, can't remember but yeah she didn't have a whole lot of reserves i know there. someone did one time when we were doing like that adenosine ch- or the ffr or whatever yeah, yeah. you know like because it you know it, that, sto- it stops the natural pacemaker of your heart, so which is like your SA node and stuff like that, right? And yeah. then, uh, or AV node is really it, where it's supposed to affect, yeah, right? Yeah, they'll give that for like it. SVT and they'll block uh-huh. it, yeah. So, but sometimes people lose control of all the other stuff, especially if they go out. Like you can straight up, you know, yourself. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> well, and as a nurse, that was like. The greatest thing about working in the cath lab, like I really enjoy a lot of aspects of working in the cath lab, but as a cath lab nurse, over like a course of like five years, I think I cleaned up poop once. And like that was a big like mental like, you know, accomplishment because all other nursing, you're just dealing with a bunch of like literally. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Code brown. I've even had to help. Yeah. Usually we would reserve that for like, oh, nurse, like ring the bell. Like this person has to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they're on a bedpan. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I helped Lisa like a year ago. This old this old man who just is like, uh, and like his daughter is sitting in there. She's useless. And she's like <laughs> just sitting there playing like whatever on her phone, Candy Crush, who knows? I mean, he stank like all get out. And she's like, I think he I think he pooped himself, you know? And it was just like, okay, we're in there with like two bags of baby wipes. I've got his body turned over so Lisa can get up in there. I mean, she used I don't know how and, many. And as a, yeah, and as a nurse, uh, that's all we want from our tech. Uh, just hold him to the side. Uh, I know, <laughs> just, but like it was like dark, and it just smelled like a sewer with a bunch of. Well, he's probably having a GI bleed oh, from all God, the blood thinners y'all load him up with. I yeah, mean, <laughs> even like. 
to this day, I almost can like smell it. Like, it's it's like just up there. Stuck in it's, there. Yeah. It's like, didn't you go to an ENT to get rid of that? I don't know what you went to the ENT for, but you. It's like, Yo. man, Doc, I don't know what you got to do. Burn it, cauterize oh. it. I, I got to get the smell out. Golly. But yeah, the things, the things we, uh, we d- we do for yeah. other other human yeah. beings in healthcare. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, and then. So you've given us a little bit of a background. So like what kind of schooling did you have to do to get to where you are? Um, I guess let's start. What kind of schooling did you have to do to work in the cath lab? And then what kind of training have you been going through to get into your new role um, with the sales rep and everything? (laughs) I'm playing with this microphone. That's why there's a little pause. I've got it all in a central he position. Play. Yeah, you can't help but play with <laughs> uh, Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, I went to school and got a bachelor's degree in radiologic science. And that's what my program was under the time. I think they've changed it. You know, having students and stuff now, they've uh, they kind of – the school has been acquired by another bigger university and the program changed. But, but you know – Neither here nor there. But I got a bachelor's degree in radiologic science, and I focused on cardiovascular interventional sciences, which was, you know, this program. And, and that actually, was through the school. That it's was not like you did a like got a degree and then went back for that. It was all yeah, one. no, that was all part of the program. So you know, a base fundamental knowledge of like you know radiation and this and that, and then like the specialty was cardiac and peripheral vessels so right. i did i did rotations in the cath lab i did rotations in interventional radiology where we did a bunch so if of there's other, an artery or a vein you you yes. were supposed yeah to. yeah we learned i learned all that stuff so um you know um that was that was that part and i did like five rotations through different you know again cath lab interventional yeah. radiology and um what was the other part of the question? Well, yeah, the second part is just uh, like where you're going, but to oh, elab- yeah. but to elaborate a little bit. So, and I've always said this: um, I'm not big on the education system. I'm kind of one. It's like, yeah, I made it through nursing school so I could get my <laughs> nursing degree, but it's like I, d- I felt like I didn't really learn my job till I got into like nursing. Yeah. Do you feel like kind of the same way? Like it kind of prepares you, but then it's like you don't really know what you're doing until you've been like kind of doing your job at least a year. Oh yeah, I feel that. I mean. Even just in life, like that's always going to be the case. I mean, there's only so much you can do without physically doing it. Like I can learn all day how to like... Watch videos. Yeah. yeah. I can watch somebody play a sport and be like, oh yeah, I've watched thousands of hours of this. But until you get out there physically doing it, you're like, oh shit. (laughs) But yeah, no. So like book learning was always like, uh, I was pretty good for myself just like i could get i could get through the books to pass oh, the yeah, test that's kind of yeah, how it was yeah. yeah but yeah when you when you're when you're hands on and especially emergency situations like you don't get prepared for that yeah. when you're in school there's no preparing for you know like oh my god this shit hit the fan you know yeah. you just you learn that through experience so yeah yeah I definitely have you agree. had to deal with many residents in the cath lab or did y'all kind of you know they come and go but they don't like get in the way really yeah. they all want to show up when like you Something know, big happens. Big, like, oh, this yeah. is exciting. Oh, there's a code. And then, you know, five of them will come and then the room gets full and, you know, but then you have like people like Anita or whoever, like, if you're not directly involved in this care, back up, yep. you know? Yeah. A room always gets full. 15 plus people when there's a... And there's like loop. three people actually. Yeah. There's three do, people actually doing work. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. And so the second part was basically just like, what did you... So you didn't have to go back to like school school for your new role like you're still using your old degree but it's like 
I, just kind of explain. It's like yeah. a certificate or like. I got you. So to be honest, I probably didn't have to do what I'm about to say, but you know, it just coincidentally worked out the way. So I've been looking to transition for, for a while now out of the cath lab, you know, because as you know, especially after COVID and everything, I mean, stuff just got so. There were a lot of problems in healthcare before COVID, but the pandemic really yeah. just like ripped the bandaid off. Oh, like, yeah. oh, here's what's wrong with, and I don't, I don't even know where to begin, but it's just like, it's almost like we're half socialized medicine, but half not. So it's like, <laughs> uh, to me personally, I'd rather it just be like all or none. Like if we're going to go that, like I'm not a fan of socialized medicine, but this in-between stuff just, it doesn't seem to work oh, yeah. in my opinion. So yeah, as you know, like in the cath lab, we were like really understaffed. You know, we get, we're taking 17, 18 days out of six weeks of call. So half, half your, half your time, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, it was bad. And so they were, they were, they finally hit a breaking point where they were having to like, you know, they were giving us like overtime bonuses. They were doing all this stuff and before like hiring more people, you know, and anyway, so that was really where I was like, I got to get out of here. So I actually found a job. But it was like going to be a severe pay cut. But I was like, I don't care, you know. Yeah. And right a week before I was supposed to leave, St. Mary's gave me like a $5 raise. And I was like, oh, man, sweet. And yeah. I could not turn it down. Yeah. Well, and I kind of got in the same situation. I was ready just to leave the hospital and go to like outpatient, you know, like centers where I'm just starting IVs yeah. and kind of low stress. Yeah. But it was like the the money's almost like just kind of, I work weekends, so I get basically time and a half when I show up on the weekends. So yeah. it's like, basically I'm making double what I can oh, yeah. like at, you know, a doctor's office. Absolutely. So yeah. So when I got that, I was like, and which was a great blessing because I, I told that other place, I was like, you know, I was like, yo, I'm sorry. I have to rescind like accepting and whatever. And, uh, you know, that probably blackballed me from that particular like company or, or, or division at least. And, um, so, but I was like, whatever. And it was fine because not even a year later, like all this economic stuff started happening where, you know, you whatever. may not even have that job. Oh or, yeah. yeah and well, not only that, but like, you know, Prices were going up. Inflation was starting to happen. Things so were, taking that pay cut would have... So, man, yeah. it would have been bad. So, anyway, you know, um, you know, a year comes by and, um, I'm, you know, I wasn't having any luck, you know, even in like a cardiac space, getting on with a, with a, with a company, like a big one that deals with like cardiovascular stuff, you know, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that vicious cycle. It's like, um, we can't hire you because you don't have experience. Well, I can't have experience if you don't hire you me. Hire, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, you don't have sales experience. I'm like, okay, well, I have this massive amount of clinical experience. And, you know, it was just, it didn't help. So anyway, I came across this thing on LinkedIn called Medical Sales College. And I looked into it and I was like, oh, should I do this? And so I talked to a bunch of people. I interviewed with them. And it's not just something that they let anybody in either. You kind of have to apply quote unquote, you know, I mean, it's not terribly difficult. Yeah. I mean, but there's a filter, so it's not just, there is. And, and so, then they, I'm sure they make you pay a certain amount. Oh, yeah. So it's there's like, a tuition, there's a, you know, and it's, it was like, you know, I did an online version because a, a big part of what they do is they bring people in for like 12 weeks and you are like there five days a week for 12 weeks and you're doing like in lab, you're doing didactic, you're doing all sorts of stuff. And it's, it's basically like an orthopedics, um, okay. uh, program, but like 65% of people that graduate from it 
go into orthopedics. The other 35% might go into other stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, you're not... But it's all selling, like, right. medical it's equipment. All, it's all about, like, sales and stuff. Yeah. So... Um, selling new knees or... Well, yeah, yeah. Or being, yeah, part of the part of a sales force of, of one of these big orthopedic companies, even small ones. Anyway, nonetheless, I, I, I did the online portion and uh, it's like an eight-week program, but, like, you know, it was pretty extensive. Like, I had to learn all this stuff. It was like a blitzkrieg of, like, information that was, like, beyond me because I'm cardiovascular you know so i'm like learning all this new and then at the same time i'm having to work i got my family i'm doing all this stuff and um so anyway like you know you learn sales techniques too like i had to go out to denver for a week and finish the program do a big sales pitch like as my final project i did all this stuff and uh when i came back um one of my buddies who's actually in uh medical devices and we went to school together we got the same degree and everything like that he like linked me up with someone and uh, you know she was a, a a recruiter so you know a lot of companies will use recruiters and they'll pay you know and this was with that orthopedic kind of sales company or this was after the fact after you'd done that course oh after i'd done the okay. course so like needless to say timing wise i feel like you know I probably could have still landed this role without MSC, but it was good to have because it was, it gave me a lot one, of exposure. One more thing. Yeah. One more yeah. thing. Yeah. And especially like, you know, the hiring manager for this company. I mean, he, he saw it on there and he was very interested in it. He was like, you know, what is this? And, and my company actually hired two other graduates from MSC. So, okay. Um, the, did he, did he, you know them or are they just kind of random? No, they're in like different parts okay. of the country, but he knew that internally. And um, he actually knew one of, the instructors who instructed me um, in the sales uh, week that I went there to Denver. And so he like reached out to her and was like, how is this person? So she gave him, you know, good feedback about me. So that was good. So, you know, I mean, I mean, and everything happens for a reason, oh, yeah. even yeah. though you're not directly using this, it sounds like you would not have yeah. planted this role. if yeah. you had And not. it definitely, it definitely helped me learn how to, um, I mean, I learned a lot to be honest now that I'm really like, going back on it but you know definitely like um networking how to go directly to a source like i was like a pit bull like when i was applying for jobs i was i would find the hiring manager i was doing like detective work like jumping through hoops to try to find who is the person i need to talk to yeah and i'm not really used to doing that you know like i mean don't get me wrong i'm not I'm pretty confrontational. I just ask anybody, but yeah. I'm not like, you know, where I'm not like at someone's door, like scratching, you know? And yeah. that's what I was doing because I was, I was bent on getting out of <laughs> and doing something. Well, you're just making them give you an answer one way or another. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I kind of have the same approach where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty late get back guy, but I'm, I'm not going to let you just ignore me. Like mm-hmm. you're going to address me. One, and like, yeah. I would rather you just, address me and say no yes you're not good for this then just kind of leave it like oh yeah in yeah what is it purgatory where it's All right just like, and there's a lot of companies that will do that they'll ghost you bro like it's like <laughs> that's what it is ghost ghosting you. You, yeah you young I mean, kids and y'all's yeah, terms i know right and i'm i feel like an old man because oh know. it happened quick yeah i mean yeah whenever you uh came to the cath lab you were one of the youngins and yeah. i was kind of i guess middle-aged in my nursing career at that point but yeah, yeah i look around now and it's like i'm the old timer at the hospital everybody's like well, hey somebody, isaac how do you do this some of these people that come through i'm like scared for us as we get older i'm like these are the people that are gonna be taking care of us maybe oh yeah i'm I'm going into like acupuncture, like complete holistic. <laughs> like some of these residents I've been working yeah. with, it's like, you, I don't know, I have a saying. It's like, because, uh, you know, I'll try my best because like 
granted, and I used to say I'm surrounded by idiots that are smarter than me, but it's gotten to the point where I'm surrounded by idiots that are dumber than me, you know, yeah. like, cause they go to all this med school and like, for mo- most part, like if we sat down and took the same test, like, yeah, you'd probably do better on the test. But if somebody's dying in a room, I'm going to keep them alive and right. you're going to stand in the corner worrying about if it's a wide complex QRS or narrow, yeah. like I've break seen, out the calibers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but no, but they need something or they're going to die. Oh, let me calculate. No, 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 no. You're not. Yeah. We need something right now. Right, right. Yeah. And even like, even like not even doctors, but even like new nurses too, where it's almost. Oh yeah. Like, just anybody you know, without experience. Yeah. I don't think you're around. This was after like you've been gone, obviously, but like one time Chris, Chris is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, obviously no one knows really, but Chris is like. <laughs> Another cardiovascular tech. He he's was, been he's the doing old... this for like 30 years. Okay. Or more. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, and he one time said, golly, I wish I could remember the situation. But he he called it nursing some of the time. And he was like, that should be your degree. Nursing some of the time. Because some of these nurses now don't even use critical thinking. Like, they just think. And I get it. When you're new, like, you don't want to. You just don't have that base of knowledge to pull from. But even some that aren't the newest. Like, you... I don't even know where to begin. You have to you have to be able to think critically about anything. Even well, if you're yeah. a mechanic, you know, something's going to pop up that's not in the book or protocol so to speak, but you got to be able to to formulate something based off whatever knowledge you have and like MacGyver that. You got to be able to yeah, critically and, think and 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 solve something. And that's how I am as a nurse is like I'll do my best not to bother a doctor if they've at least given me like something to work with. Like, okay, like I've got these certain meds, I've got this certain problem with a patient. Let me use what I can. And if, I run out of like, okay, I've used everything and this patient still is not doing well. Or Now I, need, I will it, reach it, out. Yeah, yeah, now I'll reach out. But yeah, I love, like I, I consider myself like a MacGyver nurse. It's like, yeah. there was one time some lady kept going to SVT and like nobody was doing anything. And I couldn't even get like a resident to give me like IV metoprolol. And you know, she's a lady in her 50s, just super anxious because her heart keeps going up to like oh, 160. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I see a straw on her, um, you know, just table or you know she had had her breakfast and there was a straw and i was like all right take this straw i mean i'm like i know she's like looking at me like i'm crazy i'm like i know this sounds crazy pick up the straw and blow through it as hard as you can and she's just like looking at me like i'm an idiot and i'm just like no 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 trust me trust me just just try it and because like bearing down or blowing through a straw yeah yeah yeah, it was the vagus nerve or whatever yeah yeah Yeah. it does something magical i don't even really know yeah (laughs) it does like all the really it's one of your most important nerves yeah 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 so but like she did it and then her heart rate broke and i mean it still happened throughout like a couple times in the day when she uh would go into this svt where it's just her heart is running really really fast um faster than it's supposed to um but like she was just walking around the unit with her straw and every time it happened she'd just blow through the straw and it'd break it and see what i did one time for one of our employees and she was crazy as (laughs) she was in room five going (laughs) <laughs> like hyperventilating like you know heart is jacked like 160 something so i get a i get a bedpan and put ice water in it and i take it to her and i'm like gadoosh and dunk her face in it <laughs> bam and, she's like, and then you know it breaks yeah because it's like the cold water like uh you know as a human when you jump into something cold you go <gasps> you know you have that gas reflex uh-huh. that's your vagus nerve you know uh-huh. and that will restart 
you yeah, have something FTT, about abdominal pressure. Yeah, 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 and it'll restart, you know, and I forget, it's like mammalian something when you, like, cold water hits your face. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you see it on TV where people splash people with it. And, <laughs> and the gas. But it's true. Yeah. yeah. It works. Yeah, and, like, there's all kinds of stuff yeah. in nursing where you just kind of, and anything in healthcare where you just kind of have to MacGyver it. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. But, yeah. And then, uh, all these see. young people now, you're talking about being like a, a millennial, like, who's MacGyver? Yeah, you know? no, that's <laughs> like, true. Yeah. I mean, it was really before my time, too. Yeah. I was really, yeah, yeah. I was a little boy when he came out, but I, well, I know the name. We'll yeah. throw out MacGruber. They yeah. might, MacGruber! <laughs> yeah, they might have heard of MacGruber. Go, f- go for the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me a blot pumped. Yeah. Yo, I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Val Kilmer. I Yo, mean. I can't. Anytime I have like extreme back pain, all I think about is him getting thrown through that glass. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch oh, that one. It's been a while. Since, yeah, it's oh been a while since gosh. I've seen McGruber. It's uh, Yo. definitely a classic. But uh, and I want to move forward. Uh, <laughs> oh, but um, I, and I I hate beating a dead horse. But I mean, you know, there was a one of the reasons I started the podcast is. There was a lot, you know, of things called misinformation that were really just people from the medical experience kind of just telling their side of the story. Um, So, like I said, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse or anything, but I did want people who have been in the medical profession to be able to kind of give their perspective on what they saw from the pandemic. Um, If there was anything in particular, like was, I mean, me personally, I feel like it was way overblown and a lot of the people that were having issues from COVID were having, you know, multiple comorbidities, things going on with them. So is there anything in particular that you remember from the pandemic or just kind of your overall thoughts on what you saw and anything like just like I said, I'm just trying to give like a frontline perspective. And now it's kind of in retrospect because if. I don't know. People still keep talking about the pandemic, but I'm pretty sure it's done. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. But, I mean, um, now that you see that the CDC is, they've been a joke for a while. But you know, now it's like everything that people were saying two years ago, they're finally like, oh yeah, do yeah. This. All that stuff we were labeling as misinformation, it was they were actually onto something. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, let's let's just even if we'll be objective. They'll probably say, oh, it's because everyone got vaccinated and everyone's been fully vaccinated and this helped, you know, with the deaths and this helped with this and that. And, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not going to claim that I'm like, you know, no science or obviously I, I'm not a, a virologist or epidemic, whatever. But, you know, you also had. Like my wife worked for a well-known doctor here in Athens, all right? And he's been practicing for decades, okay? And he, you know, okay, the word practice. Let's just segue there. They call it practicing medicine because everyone does it different. And it's a continual evolution of what you do. Some doc, You go to a doctor and he might prescribe you one thing. You go to another doctor, he'll prescribe you another because it's all how they practice, right? Yeah, and I used to always like to joke in the cath lab that, Every cardiologist did it differently, but only their way was right. Correct. Like, and every like, doctor will feel that way. Yeah. And so the same is true here. You know, our government tells you, follow the science. But now look at just, let's just look at a social thing going on. The, the whole thing with genders. I don't even want to get on this soapbox. But you want to say follow the science when it comes to your agenda of giving people 
But let's not look at chromosomes. But let's not look at chromosomes. Let's not look at, you know, your, you know, the way you're born and, you know, whether you got a men, it's a mental thing. Okay. Like if you're going to be a scientist and you're going to follow science, every mammal wants to procreate because they have to carry on their species. It's, you learn that in school. We are mammals. We are no different. So if you think that you aren't what you were born as, you're not wrong. It's okay. I'm not calling you a leper. I'm not making you, I'm not trying to single you out, but just as a person who has schizophrenia, we say, oh, they have schizophrenia. There's something wrong with the way they think. Well, when you think that you're a woman and you're a man or vice versa, there's something wrong in your mind. Yeah. And that's just Byron's opinion. Like, and and like, and that's where I kind of, uh, I feel like just the whole pandemic and everything, it was, you know, and, through my evolution of becoming just the human being that I am, I remember when I was young, I used to just despise the right because it's like they always would be like, well, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to heaven, right, so I'm right. right. And it right. was like the pendulum. Old white men with money. Everyone, yeah. you're, you know, like, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like the pendulum has swung and it's like almost the exact opposite. Like, well, if you don't believe that this shot's going to be the savior of the world, then you're a demon heathen that's going to hell. And you're a xenophobe. Yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that. You don't Uh, like Muslims or Chinese people if you don't get the shot. Like, it's like, why does it have to be that way? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where where are you getting these two points from? Like, what mental gymnastics did you have to do to get to this point? And see, I think, I mean, it just, man, we have been hit with so much (laughs) all at one time. And it's really hurt a lot of people like you know i would love that we could just you know it sounds it might sound cheesy but it's like um what was that movie with um will ferrell and he was on the basketball team was in the 70s oh yes he was uh, like everyone love everyone like i would love it you know and despite political despite whatever well that's how i always try to come from like i can completely think that you're just wrong an idiot just but I can still love you. Like yes. I can still accept that this is who you think you are. And like, you may be right. I may be wrong. Right. I may be right. You may be wrong. I don't try to get too deep because I only know me from my experiences yes. and I try to accept other people's, but it's almost like it's become like a, it has. it's like a fight. And like that's you're all, one of the things the pandemic did that I saw was yeah, it that made everything it, black and white it polarized and, it even more. Yeah. Even more, you know, like, I mean, it was just, and if you don't think, okay, my opinion, uh, I don't even have to preface that, but if you yeah. don't think that like, you know, the pandemic was a political weapon, then, you know, you're living under a rock. You yeah, because like, I had a- They it, used it. Well, and I like, I try, like I said, I try to give, because my, I think our opinion might be in the minority of kind of people in healthcare. I'd say it's probably like 60 to 40, like- Oh yeah, sixty percent were like follow you know science, but right. most of the people even in that sixty, like when you kind of told them, you know, and I, I have touched base on this in previous podcasts, but I did not get the COVID shot because I've had reactions to flu shots in the past, and right. I didn't intubate any yoga instructors during the pandemic. Like yeah. I intubated several 400 pounders. Like yeah. there was nobody that looked like me in an ICU bed from right. COVID. So it's right. like. You're telling me I can't decide if the shot's right or wrong for me, and I'm the one that was there with COVID right. before a vaccine was even available. Oh, yeah. And and like I said, this is like whole other soapbox where it's like, uh, let's not even get into the fact that there was no way that a brand new vaccine could be rolled out in a year and a half. Oh yeah, um, they've been testing this, and it's like, how do they even have this 
you know, available to test and be working on this vaccine if they didn't have a hold of this virus before it got released or, you know, went wild. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's just we don't get to even ask. And I feel like we're getting to the point where, you know, we've got a war now so we can talk about these things because it's not like so much right now like oh, people yeah. aren't dying from covid everything i've seen in the hospital lately from covid is incidental pi- findings like people's gallbladders about to blow up yeah. and it's like oh we're swabbing them before they go to the or oh they got covid well are they on oxygen no they're fine Do they have a runny nose no you know right. it's just like kind of incidental findings at this point which is how viruses are supposed to work like there's never been a forever pandemic like the yeah. way virology it breaks works. itself into the mold and it becomes part of you or you get it every other year like flu and you just you know and you, you kind keep of rolling yeah yeah so, i mean this is how it's gonna be you know yeah. but um, and yeah of course some you know people died and this and that but that's gonna be like with anything because it was it was it was new so to speak it was just a different strain of something else that yeah, people when, had not been exposed to and when people are like oh we've never been through this before i'm like i was a nurse when we went through this before i mean yeah. i was a baby nurse but we had an h1n1 yeah and, like granted it Same wasn't thing. nearly as right big or as aggressive but there were 45 year old men on high flow oxygen with right. h1n1 like yeah. pe- and young people died from h1n1 oh, like yeah. it happened so um yeah i just like i said i like to have on the show just people who were there during the pandemic and it was you know just to kind of give people a different perspective than the narrative you know the narrative that i call it the uh prim and propaganda yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah, oh just, i like that yeah it's just That's straight up good. propaganda oh but, yeah but it, you know, very it's good. Prim and proper gander. Yeah, I mean, kinda... all my my whole family, we had COVID. You know, at some points in time, and you know, it just uh, for us, like it wasn't. As... Yeah, I mean, and from what I saw, like, of course, there's going to be the the outliers, the unhealthy, yeah. or the like unfortunate person that was a healthy human being got COVID and died for yeah, whatever that was reason. Very, very rare. Very rare. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it was definitely a. More so people with other comorbidities, like other things that were wrong with them. Yeah, what I noticed from COVID, it was almost like it... It like attacked your weaknesses. Like mm-hmm. if if you had diabetes, you know, like your sugar would be out of control. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was just... And I, th- I think it's funny that it's like, I'll still see uh, screensavers and stuff at work where it's like, wear your mask because you can still spread it while you're asymptomatic. And I just like, I'm like, no, like that's just... Not a thing. Like I've seen several virologists go oh, over. Here, can I even like now that I? Oh yeah, let me let me back up to this. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was another big thing that really, really grinding my gears is that you work, and I'm sure it's not just our hospital. You work at a place, and I can say this now because I'm not employed anymore. So you know, it's just my opinion for anybody. Yeah. Don't you? You know, but I loved how we were treated how do you even say it when we got covid when it, when we were first exposed like patient number 3 who was also a very well known doctor here in Athens and he came and brought it with him from New York City after he went to a Chinese wedding <laughs> all right swear to god in February of can't 2020 can't make this stuff and up and we all had lunch with him in the same areas and so like you know when this whole thing first started like it was like oh only if it fits what is good for the hospital at the time yeah. and then it was like they were trying any ways that they could 
to um you know no, to avoid te- like it was really hard for oh, yeah. me the like and i didn't really necessarily want to get tested I, at my house i have a strict no test policy like we don't test our kids yeah. like if they got a runny nose like if they need advanced care like i'll take them to the er if oh, not yeah. like i'm just treating it like it's a virus like, right like just right here's your highlands here's your oh yeah here's your honey but yeah it, they only you know they they would test you if they wanted to but oh oh well if we're gonna have to shut the lab down which makes probably a good third if not more of the whole money revenue that the hospital makes because it's yeah money is not mm-hmm. in filling up hospital beds money no. is in the procedure money areas. is in procedure areas cardiac cath lab OR. OR stuff like that, so they had to shut the OR down more so because you were intubating people and stuff like that, but not the cath lab. We got to keep that money flowing, so you can't have all your employees out, or else the cath lab shuts down. So I'll let you come to your own conclusion on what they were doing, so people would continue to work and they wouldn't have to have people out. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. so for hospital employees, it's like if you got ex, you know, for the normal person, if you had exposure, you weren't even allowed in the hospital, like to visit anybody. Like, oh, yeah. you, like if you had even been exposed, if you feel fine or everything, it's all handy dandy. But if you were a hospital employee, it's like, oh, you, your temperature is a hundred. Oh, yeah. Frontline your, worker. Your, yeah. your, your temperature is ninety nine point nine. That ain't a, that ain't a fever. You know, just oh, yeah. come. Come on, take some Tylenol. Yeah, and then the, the, and wear the your damn mask. TV and the the Fauci's and the Bidens and everybody else would be like, "Hey, well, you know, it, asymptomatic is still it's still important, and you have to do this, isn't it? Not us. Oh, you're asymptomatic, but yet you're COVID positive. You still still come to work. Wear yeah. wear this, you know. And everybody's wearing cloth masks, like you put a sock on your face, and for what a year, and then they're finally like, "Hey, that doesn't work." Well, no. <laughs> we would have told we t- we could have told you that a year ago. Yeah. Don't wear cloth masks if you wanted to be fully effective in ninety five. And well, they didn't roll that out until yeah. a year after all of it was happening. And it was just like, yo, man. Yeah, and that's why I've kind of just that, yeah. I went through every flavor of mask through oh, yeah. the pandemic, and I didn't get it until and I don't even know if it was from this guy, but a resident just while his test was running downstairs, he was sitting at the nurses' station. You know, a resident. You know, yeah. these, these idiots that are smarter than us. You know, just sitting there. And I remember a nurse giving him a hard time, being like, "Hey, your test is going on. Why are you sitting?" He's like, "What am I supposed to do? Not eat?" It's like, uh, no, you go to a room and isolate yourself when you're taking your mask off. But, yeah, you know, it it doesn't have to make sense anymore. It just, nope. you know, like you said, it was just whatever fit to help the hospital keep moving. But yeah, let's keep the narrative, the agenda in the oh, background yeah. going like, oh, yeah. oh you're, you're going to kill everybody if you test positive and, um, yeah. you know, you go around other people, yeah. even if you, and it's like, I've also heard virologists that were very well known and have been respected in their field for years be like, yeah, if you're not symptomatic, you can't spread disease. It's like basic virology. I can't even say that word. Virology. Roads. Roads. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, what, uh, black sheep reference yeah. <laughs> yeah man you pulling out all see, yeah these, boy. these young kids hey, are gonna be you, like what yeah i mean you know that's what we do when we, we used to work together we just right well is there anything else uh you kind of want to share about man, uh healthcare or, we've been like, bouncing all over the place haven't we yeah that's kind of what it's about just uh yeah, just yeah. give some inside perspective uh, no yeah i mean um what do you look forward to in your new job just the career opportunity to grow like do you feel like this are you going to help a lot of penises out there? Yes, a lot of prostates, a lot of uh, <laughs> no, um, you know, in the new role, like um, it'll be challenging at first. I got to do a lot of traveling, which I'm not used to. So I have to, you know, when I 
when I start, um, you know, as I was telling you earlier, I have, I have to be like the expert to help, you know, train these surgeons who are doing this. So they don't want me. Uh, I don't know about expert. I've seen some reps yeah. in the cat lab. <laughs> they, don't, call <laughs> they don't, well, they, man, they're pushing buttons. I'm doing a little bit more than that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, like, uh, they don't want me to be learning and making mistakes while I'm in my territory. So I have to train outside of my territory. Okay. So I have to, you know, travel here and there, different states and whatever. Which and, is part of healthcare, which a lot of people don't understand. It's like mistakes happen like yeah. all the time. Yeah. Luckily, people are very resilient. Like I always joke with, it's like really hard to kill somebody. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> patients is like, you know. Be. Yeah. Right like, on. So yeah, but like um, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to, you know, uh, travel for a couple of months here and there. And again, it's not what I'm used to. So like having to like be away from the family for most of the week for a few months is will be a little difficult. But it's just a short term pain for a long term gain. You know what I mean? Yeah. So once I once I got you know once I know what I need to know and I'll, I'll be staying here you know in my territory ninety percent of the time and hopefully the business continues to grow and we'll move out the hospital systems over here towards Athens because a lot of the business is in Atlanta it's like Atlanta's like the busiest like it's a fact it's like the busiest um region for this entire company okay yeah so they just they probably found an in and it's like yeah, it went well you know, so just word doing, of mouth doctors were yep, like hey emory this. north side they're just doing a lot of like all the hospital systems like that so if we can get into piedmont then we can get in piedmont piedmont athens and then you know i could be here a lot too you know so, so where will your territory be to start with uh atlanta okay atlanta all the stuff is you know in Georgia, it's all Atlanta and surrounding Atlanta area. So, and uh, just curious, and you don't have to give specific numbers, but as far as like pay, are you going to be doing a lot better moving away from the hospital to like these kind of companies, or is it kind of a lateral move right now with maybe opportunity to grow? So at this moment, I, I, it, it's better. Okay. Yeah, and especially like the perks that they give when you get in this position, you know, they 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 give you. A, you know, there's but like a lot you said, of, you're traveling, you're yeah, doing things yeah. that you didn't have to do. So I'm getting things and, you know, they, they pay for, you know, all your expenses and stuff like that. You like reimburse, you know, you do, you know, whatever. And they, they reimburse your money and they, they pay for, you know, gas cause you're traveling a lot, especially like driving and even like plane ticket, all that's covered. And then, you know, my salary and, and bonus or whatever is, is, is more than I make right now. So. Well, good for you, Bob. Yeah, I'm, thank I'm you. I'm happy yeah. for you and yeah. your family. You got a, a sweet little family. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yours as well. You know, you're going to have a basketball team soon. And then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I'll, laughs> I have four boys, so I'll play center. Right you know, on. People yep. like keep asking. Yep. You know, and going back to our earlier topic, people are like, are you going to try for the girl? I'm like, I don't know. One of my boys might grow up to be a little girl one day. You're you right. Just, you just never know. You can't assume that right now. That's right. <laughs> right, now, right now, they all have their penises. Yes. <laughs> so maybe they'll get their turf one day. That's right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you are closer to it than they are. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, as a nurse, I'm never seeing a doctor. <laughs> like, ever. I'm just going to keep riding this body out until it just oh, yeah. falls apart. You know, right it's like, on. you got Mets everywhere. And then, you know, like I said, my next guest... uh you know, she's palliative care, so I'll I'll know where to go after That's I right. talk to her. It's like just ride this body until she'll it, hold your hand and say, "Shh, That's right. Jesus is coming." As long as they bring the morphine and Ativan. right on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Give you a big right. old bolus of that. That's right. Night or, night, baby. You know, or the law did, or the law did. Uh, yes, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> he done saved me and took my pain away. <laughs> Oh, well, I really appreciate you coming yeah, on, B. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think this has uh, been a good episode. And uh, yeah, is there any parting words you want to end with? Or 
Um, any, like I said, any story from the cath lab or anything in particular that, uh, about healthcare in general, that is, uh, something you've seen that maybe somebody that, you know, isn't in the trenches, you know, something that, well, nothing's coming to me yet, but I will say from my standpoint of working with patients for 10 years and, you know, and being there and especially families. And then even like for myself, like, I don't know why this is popping up. It's probably, you know, it's not like the most important thing, but like know what you're doing. Okay. Like when you're a patient and you come for a procedure, you, it's okay to like research it and don't go overboard. But like, I've had so many people like, Hey, so what do you have it done today? Oh no, they just told me to come. And I'm like, wow, who lives their life that way? Like, listen, know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that yeah. I feel like um, really lacks in healthcare is, you know, just because we can, people think they should. Like yeah, a doctor, education. Yeah, educate doc- yourself. Yeah, yeah. Get second opinions, third opinions. Do do something for yourself. Don't just trust what you're told because, you know, I, I, a lot of people, people have the idea that medicine's yeah. perfect, and yeah. it's like, and that was one of the things from the pandemic and the shot that I was just like always appalled that people were just like, "This is it. This is the way," and I'm just like science takes more than six months right we used to think the the earth was the center of the universe or we used to think you know eating fat was bad for you like it's always changing so don't just take yeah we used to think the earth was flat and it was round and it's flat again right and then you know what you know (laughs) 20 years from now like mesothelioma commercials are going to come on like did you receive the COVID-19 shot from Moderma (laughs) and Johnson & Johnson you could be entitled like that's that's coming yeah mark my words on this date all right (laughs) 20, 30 years from now, you're going to hear it. Yeah. So maybe we're sooner. all getting settlements, baby. Yeah. Love it. Maybe sooner. You just, <laughs> you just don't even oh, know. Oh, and another piece of advice. If you shake it more than twice, you're playing with it. All right. <laughs> Coming from the Terp guy. All right. I love Aquablation. it. Aquablation. Awesome. Well, that's a big word that I don't know because uh, we haven't been doing that, but hopefully we'll see that, uh, you know, at local hospitals. Yeah, hopefully hope that'll so. grow for you, you and the company yeah but, thank you yeah this has been great i really appreciate you coming on b and Me too. Uh, it's been awesome and uh yeah i hope you have a good rest of your day and i don't know rock out with your <laughs> out yeah uh ta-ta for now <laughs> <laughs>